Hello, and welcome to Fresh Blood, a podcast about killing it in the age of ageism, where we prove that new blood does not necessarily equal young blood. Here to discuss what it takes to have continued success through life, I'll be your host, Jolie Downs. With over 20 years of executive recruiting experience, I've learned how much we can grow and be inspired by other people's stories. I'm excited to share that with you here on Fresh Blood. Today, we are talking to Richard Fletcher. Richard has held many roles through his career, from volunteer in a pet rescue to dating coach and professional gambler, before moving on to found his company, The Magic Sauce for Online Marketers. Once Richard found his niche, his career exploded. Richard now successfully helps online business owners stand out from the crowd. His specialty is teaching clients how to get paid a lot more money for their services. Richard, thank you for joining us here on Fresh Blood. I'm looking forward to learning more about your story. Could you tell us how you went from a professional gambler to founding your company, Magic Sauce Marketing? (laughs) Well, um, first of all, thanks for having me on, Jolie. I'm excited to be here. Um, Yeah, that could be a very long story, uh, so I'll try and keep it as concise as possible. But yeah, since, I mean, I went... When I finished university and went traveling, I came back from like, traveling the globe in 2003, and I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do in my life. And I knew I didn't want to spend my life stuck in some corporate office doing stuff I didn't care about. Not that there's anything wrong with that if you enjoy it, but I think a lot of people, they live in the corporate world, and they spend four hours in these meetings every day, and they're just like, God, when can I go home? Uh, and that's kind of not what I wanted to do. And what I actually found myself doing was I did that. I ended up doing exactly that for like seven or eight years. And in 2013, I was just, I can't do this anymore. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I just quit my job. And I'm not recommending this as a forward, but I just quit my job. So I was just like, if I have to spend another minute in this place, I'm just going to go insane. And it's not like the job was bad or anything. Like, you know, the, the work wasn't bad. The people were nice. But it was just like, this isn't what I want to be doing in my life. Yeah, being in tune with with knowing that is very important. So I, I commend you for for realizing that and doing something about it. Mm, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, it maybe wasn't the smartest move, but at the time, I'd done a I'd done a lot of gambling, like sports betting, and done quite well with it in the background. So I thought I'm just going to be a sports gambler, and I did that, and I did that for a year, and I did okay with it. I did better in the summer, but when winter came along, there was less to bet on, and it kind of got harder, and I just got to the point where. I had to be honest with myself. Um, I sat there in December going, I'm, I'm sitting like seven, eight, nine, ten hours a day staring at two screens. Like, it's not glamorous. You think of like a professional gambler, you think of like James Bond walking in a casino with like all the girls on his arm, like put it all up, put it all on number 23 or whatever, and then he walks out with all the money. It's like, it's not like that. It's like you sit there staring at numbers all day. It's like proper nerdy. I wasn't talking to anyone apart from a cat, and I was going a bit stir crazy, and I was looking at how much money I was like, I would earn more money if I was working at McDonald's all day. So it wasn't it wasn't like I was a successful gambler. I, you know, I made enough to eat, but that was about it. So I then kind of I always had it in mind. I mean, in, before that time, between 2003 and 2013, I ran lots of different businesses, all of them online, none of them successful. And my only goal was I want to make money online. Um, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to make money online, and I never managed to do it. Until I got to a point, I went to a, a conference in 2014 um, with the uh, American motivational speaker, Sean Stevenson, who's sadly no longer with us. Um, but he was, it was called Sean Stevenson's 10K Speeches. 
is all about how he earns 10K or more for each speech he did. Um, and at lunch there one day, uh, I got talking to this lady there about, uh, about my favorite subjects at the time, which was like uh, relationships and dating and the problems men have connecting with women these days and vice versa. And she was like, you should totally be teaching this to guys. I was like, what, me, little old me? She was like, yeah, guys don't know this stuff. I was like, mm, okay. Uh, now, it turned out she had an ulterior motive. She was a business coach. But she helped me set up a coaching business doing dating coaching, which I did for three or four years until I ended up getting married. And then I just found myself kind of getting bored of the dating coaching. I just got sick of it. I just got talking to the same old guys, like the same old problems. And at the same time, I found myself in lots of people's Facebook groups, just giving out advice to people asking questions about online marketing and stuff. And finding a lot of the time, not to sound arrogant, but I was given the best answer. Like people were consistently saying, this is really helpful. Thanks, Richard. Um, so I thought, why don't I just start my own group with no real intention of where it was going to go? And that was in end of June 2018. Um, by six weeks later, the group had a 1,000 people in it, and it became clear the people in the group needed more help than I could just give from like, you know, just doing posts on Facebook and helping people in the comments for free. So I said, would anybody interested in a course? So I did a course. You know, I created a course and I called it the 90 day challenge, which was aimed at getting people to do a bit of work every day on a business for 90 days and then have it dramatically transformed 90 days later. Um, I signed up seven people into that to start off with. Um, and then I was like, I enjoy this a lot more than a dating coaching. Why don't I just do more of this? So I did. I stopped doing the dating coaching, and here we are now, somewhat two and a bit years later. So it's a very random road to get to where I got to now, but I'm quite happy I did it. Isn't it funny how life works that way? It nudges you along, and and, and it seems that each step that you take, it's 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 almost like each step builds on the next one to bring you to where you were supposed to be. Um, yeah, absolutely, Jolie. I think um, I think I think a key a key part of being successful in life in general is. I feel like every single one of us, we get opportunities at uh, various points in our life. Like you can either walk through this door or this door. And very often the door towards success or happiness or fulfillment is not obvious at all. It's often a thing where you're like, I really don't want to do that. Or that seems weird. Or do I want to, is this, is this what I want to be doing? And then you go and do it. And you're like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. Um, I remember it was, um, there's a, a British, well, I don't know if you call him a hypnotist or whatever, he's more like a stage performer these days called Darren Brown. And he did a, a social experiment where um, he tested out basically against positive and negative mindset people. Uh, he put like a 20 pound note on the floor. This was in the UK. Uh, the people who have a negative mindset, like the kind of people who are like, if I didn't have bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. You know, you hear a lot of people around here saying that. Um, they could, they'd literally walk past a 20 pound note and they wouldn't be able to see it. Whereas the people who were like have an optimistic mindset, they'd always see it and pick it up. And I thought that's really interesting that a lot of people who they have like a bad lot in life, they tend to be the people who don't take opportunities. Yes, that's fascinating. What an eye-opening study, because that's so true. When you have a pessimistic view of life, you, you do not see the opportunities. In fact, sometimes you'll see the opportunities and actively dismiss them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's... It's a, they'll go, oh, this is stupid. This is pointless. Like, I'm trying to talk. I'm, my personal trainer at the moment, um, during uh, lockdown here in the UK, um, I actually built a gym in my garage so I can go to a gym. So my personal trainer recently has been coming here and training me and my wife in my gym in the garage. And he's been talking about, oh, I want to get, like, a little unit and you know, get some equipment in there and then rent it out and you know, get other trainers in there. And the unit, like, literally, as soon as he, a week after he said this, the unit appeared. He's like, 
oh, it's bigger than I was expecting. It's actually better than I was expecting. It's slightly more expensive. But, oh, but then all the doubts pop in. And he's like, oh, but what if um, what, what if I can't get other trainers to come in? And what if I have to pay it all myself? And what if no one wants to train? And what if, it, what if this? What if that? And he's been talking about this for the last month. And I've been trying to be like, look, you have to take a risk. You know, you have to. You know, it's, a, it's a fair risk. Like, if you, you could become really successful here. All the worst happens is, you know, you might lose some money, you might even go bankrupt, but you can pull yourself back from it. You're not going to die, but the upside is much bigger than the, you know, the best case scenario is much better than, much better than the worst case scenario, if that makes sense. Like the worst case scenario, okay, you're not going to die, but the best case scenario is like, wow, you know, unlimited. Uh, but I just don't think he's going to do it. Like he's just got that mindset of like too much fear. Um, and, you know, that's not to slag him off. He's a really great guy. But uh, I'm like, God, if only you could see what you're capable of like from where I'm standing, but in his own head, like a lot of people, he's in that kind of position where, oh, little old me, I could never do this. Oh, isn't that so true? And, and it, it, you get stuck in that. I mean, you do get stuck in that mindset. Um, you know, what would you suggest to people who find themselves stuck in that kind of a mindset? It's really difficult, actually, for me to suggest that because it's not a mindset I've ever been in. I, I don't really understand it. I've always been like, like my mindset is, okay, what, what is the thing I want? Okay, how am I going to get there? And I'll just keep on trying until I get there. That's what it was like with the online marketing. Like, I was like, I want to run my own business. I want it to be on my own terms. Um, that was in 2003. And it took me until 2014 before I made even like any money at all online. We're not even talking good money, but any money at all. But it was like, I'll just keep on. I'll try it on this avenue and now this road and this avenue and somewhere else until eventually it pays off. Um, so... That mentality is more like, well, what do I want my life to look like? Is this going to, is this, does this have a chance of leading me closer towards it? Those, it's, I guess you could say it's asking better questions instead of, oh, is this, is this the right thing for me to do? And what if this goes wrong? What if this, what if that? Instead of saying, what if, like, what if it goes wrong? Well, what if it goes right? What do I want in life? Um, one of the biggest, it sounds kind of negative, but one of the biggest drivers in my life, as long as I can remember, is, the fear of getting old, like um, back then, old, I was like getting to like 60 or above, but now I'm like, well, old, 70 or whatever. But getting to the point where I'm not working anymore, I'm getting towards the end of my working life going, okay, you know, I'm not going to make any big moves now, it's mostly done. And looking back going, I spent all my time kind of sitting in some office, doing as little as possible, doing the bare minimum amount, the, the bare minimum necessary not to get fired, and not really doing work that I cared about. And what was, you know, what was the point of my existence here? Not really anything. Um, that's always been a fear that's been driving me. Like, not necessarily that I'm going to like, oh, I'm going to change the world or anything, but I feel like I want, always wanted my existence here to at least count for something positive or useful. Or like, feel like I did something, some sort of achievement, uh, even though I never had any idea what that was going to be. It was always like, I guess it was always a bit, it kind of answers your previous question a bit. Like, these bigger goals, these bigger sort of, desires in life have always been driving me forward whether they've been fears or desires it's like this is what i want my life to look like i have no idea how i'm going to piece that together but there's, there's no other option i'm not going to stop i love it I, I mean i love everything you said there you have that solutions oriented mind um you think about how am i going to get there as opposed to what problems come my way um I, I loved everything that you had to say there. And that is, that is the mindset that the most successful people have. That's how they look at things. They ask themselves the right questions. It's not, well, what if this goes wrong? What if this were to go right? And, and what if I were to make a positive difference? What, and, um, and personally, as far as the, 
fear that you were talking about, you know, being at the end of your life and looking back, I think it's one of the most powerful drivers that we can use in our life to think about that moment, to really put ourselves there and reflect what is important. What what do we want to feel at that time? What do we wish we had done? Who do we wish we were? And then we need to go and do that and be that. So I think that's really powerful. I love that you do that. Hmm. I think in general, we're, we're scared of fear itself. Like we don't want to feel fear. So we try and avoid it uh, or anything that makes us feel fear. But I think it, it can either be something that um, causes you to kind of go into fight or flight or causes you to kind of have an inertia where you just sit still and go, oh, I can't do anything. Or it can be something that's a really powerful motivator and pushes you towards doing positive things. It's just, it kind of, it's, it's like anything else. It's like a tool. How do you utilize it? Yeah, it's a decision because fear is there. It's not gonna, the fear doesn't go away. You just have to learn how to deal with it. So instead of avoiding it or running from it, you need to step into it. Make it your friend make it your companion and let it push you into, as long as it's not a safety issue. (laughs) That's my rule personally in life. If I feel fear and it's not a safety issue, I have to move forward. That's my own personal rule. I'm scared of jumping off a cliff. I think I'm going to do it now. It's like, no, don't do that. I'm scared scared of putting my head in a lion's mouth. Yeah. Let's feel the fear and do it anyway. It's like, maybe not for those sort of things. Yeah. Yeah. That's a safety issue. We don't do that. (laughs) So so tell me, what has been what has been your greatest success in life, and and what did you learn from it? Um, that's a that's a tough question. Um, I feel like my biggest success really has been figuring out how to do something with my working life that I personally feel fulfilled by that I, I actually enjoy doing. Uh, no, not necessarily enjoy every minute of a day. You know, I don't necessarily enjoy doing my accounts and stuff, but no, the actual overall work that I do, I find enjoyable, but also I find fulfilling. Um, that was something that growing up, I was always told wasn't possible. Uh, especially when I got into my early working life, my early twenties, uh, I was always like, I don't like going to work. This is boring. I don't enjoy it. And all I heard back from people was, well, suck it up. You know, that's work. Nobody enjoys going to work, but you know, you have to do what you do to put food on the table. And I, I never accepted that viewpoint. I mean, I respect that viewpoint as opposed to people who just want to sit at home and kind of take handouts all day, uh, much better that, that you go and do it anyway. But I was like, there's got to be something better out there. There's got to be people in the world somewhere who are enjoying what they're doing and do feel like they're providing something useful to the world and feel happy and fulfilled and aren't just like frustrated all day long. Um, but it was like, it's like a puzzle that took 15 years to figure out. So I'm, I guess I'm proud of myself that I kept, I kept on going really more than anything. I, I, I completely agree. And, and, and that is, one of the greater successes, really. <laughs> because you know what? Too many people stop moving forward and they do stay stuck in a position that really isn't fulfilling them or making them happy. And to get up every day and to enjoy what you do, to feel excited about what you do, to not have that dread, that's priceless. I mean, that's what that's what we all want in our life and what we should have in our life. That's what we all deserve. I'll just say it's harder for people as they get older because what, a lot, what I think a lot of people do is they take a job in their 20s where they're like, well, this isn't exactly what I wanted to do with life, but, you know, it pays the bills for now. Let's carry on. And they might be single at that point. It might, let's say it's some like IT job in an office somewhere. And then they get promoted and they get promoted again. And suddenly they're a manager and earning good money. And 10 years later, now they're married and they've got a couple of kids and they're earning decent money. Well, they can't suddenly go and like save the turtles in Bora Bora or whatever 
uh, or you know whatever, whatever dreams it has been, or you know be be a, be a, a musician or whatever, whatever it was they dreamed of being when they were like twelve. They can't do that anymore because they've got responsibilities. So then they, I think there's a difficult point where for women too, but I think men especially when they when they reach the age of around forty, where they look and they go life isn't exactly what I thought it would be. Like, I'm just some drone in an office. Um, oh, that can lead to some dark places. I had a colleague a couple of years ago who actually uh, committed suicide. Uh, we can speculate on why, but, but he was a, he was always the kind of guy who was like happy, jolly around the office, like always a joke, bit in a banter or whatever. And then one day you find out, you know, he's, he's hung himself like without warning. And I can only speculate, but he was 42. And you're like, well, maybe he got to that point in life where he's looking at his life going, well, I was. I thought it was going to be a millionaire or a big success or whatever we thought it was going to be. And he's like, I'm just an average guy and I can't take it. Now, who knows? Maybe that's not the reason. But I feel like a lot of guys get to that kind of position and feel like they can't get out. Like, I'm stuck here and I have to carry on doing this for a that I hate and this is my life now. Um, I, know, I, didn't, I didn't mean to take this into kind of like a dark place, but I think it is an important topic. It's very important because you're not stuck. You aren't stuck and you can make changes. You can make choices. And yes, not every situation is set up to make that easy, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. And there are different ways you can go about it. If you're incredibly unhappy in your job, but you can't quit because you have to pay the mortgage, maybe there's a way to have a side project or volunteer that could lead to new things. Um, You can spend your free time looking into something new or starting something new. But there are different avenues that you can take to reach the goal that you need to make. You're never stuck and everything is a choice. So what, what about, what about um, one of your greater struggles or your mistakes, your failures? I mean, what's one of the bigger obstacles you've had in your life and, and how did you overcome it? I'd say the biggest obstacle was this thing that I told you about, about figuring out how to run my own business. That's the biggest obstacle I've had in life in terms of like, the biggest, hardest problem to figure out. And I suppose the biggest mistake I had was when I was in a day job, my only thoughts were, how can I get out of this day job? My thoughts were, I don't want to be in this day job because I don't enjoy what I'm doing. I want to do my own thing from home. So in the in the mid to late 2000s, I did every online marketing thing. I got, you know, I got hooked by every scam you can imagine. All of these, around 2008, it seemed to be like every offer was like, sack your boss the magic turnkey system that pulls dollars in your bank while you sleep and like an idiot i'm like i want dollars in my bank while i sleep <laughs> uh, sign up for it pay my 47 dollars like yeah i'm gonna pay 47 dollars and like be a millionaire tomorrow like what a moron um and i signed up for one of these after another uh i did all the things i like trying to buy and sell to main names i even did weird stuff like that and trying to do uh, the google cash method which was used to be you'd essentially do an affiliate link on a Google ad, which would lead to someone else's page. And then if someone bought, you'd make money off it. It's like real short-term, quick-fix, money-making thing. But then I did the gambling thing. And eventually, it was only after I'd done the dating thing where I was like actually helping guys. And the first guy I helped where I like find, helped him find a girlfriend. He's like, I was talking to this girl at a party who would normally just like not look twice at me. And she was like all over me all night. And I was like, what happened here? This is amazing. And I did nothing to make it happen. That's a weird thing. Normally, I'd be trying so hard making jokes, and this, this time I was like, she was doing all the talking. And I'm like, to get that message back felt really, really good in a way that is a different kind of feeling to when like, I had a big win on gambling or something like that. It, was, it, like, it felt good. It felt like I'm doing something good in the world here. And that's what I realized was missing all the time in that all the time I was, I was chasing the money, 
I never had the piece involved, which was how am I making the world a better place? And I know that sounds kind of cheesy. It sounds, it sounds, it sounds like, I know you're from California, so you'll, you'll probably love that. It's very cheesy California. Like in the UK, we don't go for that kind of stuff. But there is that still, I think there's still that, I do feel like there is that, that, thing, with, that thing within all of us of like, I don't know whether it's like, you could argue like evolutionary theory going back to like cavemen and cavewomen times of like, you help the overall tribe and you feel good as a reward. But I feel like, you do stuff that helps other people and makes their life better in some way, you get a good feeling as a result. Like you feel like it's like genuine self-esteem, like genuine feeling good about yourself. Like I know I'm making the world a better place and now I feel like a good person. Um, I feel like that's what was missing when I was chasing the money. Um, the only, it was only when I started actually getting results for people that they valued in life that I was able to charge more and make more money and feel good about it in the process as opposed to chasing all these kind of like get rich quick sort of things. That was probably the biggest mistake uh, that I made. I probably spent like 10 years just chasing the money um, and not even realizing I was doing it. Oh God, I love that. That was really valuable. And I love that you signed up for all those things because you know what, how many people are doing that? And I went through stage doing that myself. <laughs> yeah. You know. I feel like it's almost like a rite of passage you have to go through to, to go on like, to, to make an online of yourself. Yeah. Did did you learn anything from from those classes that you took? Anything any value anything valuable that you can share with people who then they have to go take those classes? No, no, just kidding. <laughs> um, who, um, I mean, I learned I learned a lot of I learned a lot of stuff. A lot of it was later on how how I didn't want to behave actually, like how I don't want to be sold to in this way, or how I don't want to sell my stuff, which is hype the hell out of it like sack your boss you can walk in there and point in his face and tell him you're fired boss and imagine how good you're going to feel next day and uh, then you can get up in the morning without an alarm and 10 o'clock in the morning you can put your dressing gown on go and make yourself a coffee and you know sit and look outside and think i can do whatever i want today and you know you're you're the master of your own destiny all that kind of like hyped up stuff and i'm like i don't want to sell stuff in this way um because it attracts people like how i used to be um I want to do things a different way. So it's kind of the things I, I guess the things I learned was because I went, because I went through so many times where I went through uh, getting myself hyped up and all excited, like, Oh, this is going to be the one. And then being disappointed on the other end, it was like, okay, this is not the road I want to go down when I actually start selling stuff. Um, I don't, I don't know if that made any sense at all, actually. Yes, no, you are. No, it, it's perfect. And, and, no, I'm so I'm curious. Are there are there any habits that you've adopted to help make yourself successful? Oh, I guess you could say, I mean, it's the most important thing. It's kind of, you know, you said before, Joel, about being that kind of like solution orientated and going, okay, what's the goal here? Well, what is the goal with my business or what, what am I trying to do here today? I go, okay, um, Let's say I'd like to get some more leads in the door. Okay, how can I go about doing that? Well, maybe I'll make a Facebook post that is perfectly targeted at the kind of person I want to send me a message on Facebook. Okay, I'll go and do that, and I'll make the post. And I might be able to make the post in 10 minutes. Uh, That's all I need to do for lead generation for that day. I might have other stuff to do that day. But if that's all I need to do, and that's all my goal was, great, 10 minutes work for the day. Um, So probably, probably it would be about having that kind of solution-oriented, that goal-oriented mindset and going, what's the result I want to do here? What's the quickest, easiest way of doing it? It's kind of born out of laziness, really. What's like the, what's like the, 
the slothiest, laziest, quickest way I can get to the end goal. Uh, it's like, what can I do that's like the quickest, easiest way rather than going around all the houses? Because I see a lot of people, even on people running their own businesses online, who they still seem to work a minimum of an eight-hour day. You'll see them doing nine to five and then answering messages in the evening. I'm like, what are you doing nine to five? What are you spending all your time doing? And I feel like they just do that because they still have it ingrained in them of like, this is what a working day should be. Uh, and I feel like most people are spending 90% of their time doing stuff that doesn't really matter. Mm, I, I, you're right. We do get stuck on in, in our heads of what we think things are to be. And, and we just need to to realize that there's a lot of magic out there and different ways to make that happen. I mean, specific to what you, you do with your clients, I know in some of the material you had that you said you, you advise clients to make money without spending money. Is that something you can comment on in, on this or is that really something that you need to work one-on-one with someone? No, no, no. I can tell you the, how I go about it. So um, what I get my clients doing, I mean, the first thing uh, we talked about the concept of being useful to the world and providing valuable results. The first thing I do is I sit one down one-on-one with clients and go, okay, what is it that you can do? Um, and so essentially interrogate them for like an hour, an hour and a half until I go, okay, this is what you seem to do well. Uh, for me, it's like a, if, you, if you're a nerd like me and you enjoy Venn diagrams, it's the intersection of um, what you're really good at, um, what you enjoy doing, and when I say what you're good at, what you get valuable results for other people doing, not just, you know, I'm really good at picking my nose. It's like, no, nobody wants to pay you for that. It's like what, what people will like actually pay, or, you know, what people will actually value you getting a result for, what you enjoy doing, and then the third one, you know, what people will pay for. And when those three intersect, that's like kind of your zone of genius, if you like. So it's all about finding what that area is for people rather than having to prescribe, okay, this is what you need to do, and it's the same as everybody else because that's what I teach. Once we've done that, I've then shown them I've got four different ways of writing posts on Facebook that um, get people to engage, get people to trust you, and essentially get people in your inbox saying, can you tell me more about your program? Can you tell me more about your offer? I've shown them how to write those posts in their own style, in their own kind of unique personality, their own sense of humor, rather than trying to make them sound like me. Um, teach them to do that. Uh, that gets them leads in their inbox and teach them how to sell their thing uh, to people who appear. And that's basically my entire program right there. Uh, so it's as kind of as simple as it can be, really, because, again, going back to that sort of lazy simplification, instead of creating a lot of people, a lot of courses these days are about like these complex funnels where you run ads to some landing page, it takes you somewhere else to a webinar, which then you book a call and then something else happens or whatever. And I'm like, literally, why don't you just add people who could buy your thing on Facebook and then post about it on your profile and then people can go to your inbox. You don't even need a website then. Uh, so that kind of, I feel like this can this can kind of work nicely for most people who've been kind of listening along going, well, I'm in a day job and I'd like to find a thing on the side, but I don't have eight hours a day spare to do another thing. This sort of mindset can work well, well with that. Like you could do one post a day in, while you're in your day job and still do everything you need to do in work and then maybe build up a business on the side. So you don't have to do that silly thing I did in 2013, which is burn the boats and then realize that you, know, you just end up spending all the money you had saved up and then you need to go and get a job. That's fantastic. That is great advice all around. And that can be applied to most anything at this point in time. So that is really powerful, um, a solution for many people. So before, before we sign off, is there, is there anything like one change or anything that you would advise one thing that you would say that to, to the listeners that if they could make that one change right now or do that one thing right now, it would help them get closer to their own success? 
Mm. I would say it would be to, kind of going back to my uh, gym instructor example again, getting away from that, oh, what if, and oh, that could never work, oh, little old me, you know, I've never been the kind of person to do this. Getting away from those kind of limiting um, images we have of ourselves, of our own identity, of I'm the kind of person who's this, or I'm not the kind of person who does that. I'm going, okay, well, what would I want my life to look like if I was that kind of person? No, well, forget about what kind of person I am. What would I want my life to look like? Would I like to be the guy or gal who is the big boss and strides into the office and everyone kind of looks up and is slightly scared of them? Or would I like to do what Richard here is doing and kind of, um, yeah, I, I kind of have contractors I employ now and again, but really I work for myself. I don't have any employees. Um, I don't have any staff nonsense to deal with. Uh, I work my own schedule. I don't work too many hours. I probably work 15, 20 hours a week if that. Um, and I've still got enough time to kind of, no, probably 90% of that time is spent like talking to clients as well, helping paying clients, not marketing. Uh, is that what you want your life to look like? Like what would make you happy in terms of probably like the three main pillars, health, wealth, and relationships. So what would make you happy? What would you like to look and feel like? Uh, what kind of relationship would you like? What would you like your working life to look like? Uh, have a think about that and go, okay, what would a person who has no fear, uh, a person who has nothing holding them back, what would they do in order to get there? Not what would I do, but what would that person do? And then to kind of write all that down. I know most people listen to this all and be like, that's a good idea, and then not do it. But no, give yourself five minutes to do this exercise. It doesn't need to take forever. So what would a person do who had nothing stopping them? Well, I guess they would go and research this and then find out what they could do. And then maybe they'd, well, maybe they'd start posting about it on their Facebook. Yeah, they could do that, couldn't they? Uh, and maybe if someone came in, then, then maybe, they'd, maybe, they'd, maybe they'd figure out how to sell to them. And maybe they'd... Uh, Maybe they'd charge that first person. Maybe they'd charge that first person some a lower amount and ask them for a testimonial. Uh, and then they'd use that testimonial to get more people in. Uh, and they'd charge those people more because they now they've got more credibility. And maybe they'd build a business that way. Uh, but the, oh, but I could never do that. But yeah, well, that's what oh, that's what that person would do. Um, and then just I don't know. It's, it's maybe sounds a silly exercise, but I feel like that's the sort of thing that can just allow us. We can allow us to step aside from our own limiting beliefs and limiting ideas about ourselves and go, well, that's what any person would do to do this if they had nothing stopping them. Could I do this? You know, um, despite what people have told me in the past, I see myself as being this kind of limited human being. Is there anything really stopping me? Um, is there anything stopping changing who I am in a, in a second? Like literally click my fingers and become a different person. Is there anything stopping me? Um, these are all questions that we don't ask ourselves, but really the person we are is just, it's just a made up idea in our head anyway. Why can't you be a kind of different person tomorrow if you don't like the person you are today? You are a hundred percent right. That is so powerful. It is not a silly exercise at all. It is actually one of the most important exercises I think people can do is to spend the time to do that. And, and I love, I love how you put it. I actually haven't heard that, you know, it, I've heard people say, well, pretend you don't have that fear. You know, what would you do? But when you have that limiting belief, it's oftentimes hard to imagine pushing past it. So I love that. What would someone else do? Um, and, and then I can see the imagination really opening up and then going from there, there is no reason why you can't be that person too. There's no reason. So that is perfect. Um, you know, before we, before we go, I'd love, you know, if there's anybody listening who is thinking, you know, this sounds interesting and they might want to um, give you a call for their own online business, maybe really quickly, you could share one of your greatest 
client successes, just to give an example of, of what you can do for someone if, if somebody listening is interested? Oh, well, there's, there's been a few. I mean, there was one, there was one guy, um, the photographer uh, called uh, James Hirata in uh, New Zealand. Uh, he was actually specializing in pre-wedding shoots, which I didn't know was a thing until I spoke to him, but apparently you get all dressed up six months before your wedding and hire a tux and a wedding dress and then have a load of photos taken so you don't have that same pressure on the day. You've already got some nice photos taken. So he would get these clients flying from Japan and um, Korea and places like that. Uh, they fly into New Zealand. He lived in Queenstown, which is like, it's kind of like a like picturesque uh, sort of area of New Zealand. He'd take them up a mountain in a helicopter they get all dressed up and then they go back and get married in Tokyo six months later. And he'd take these really, really good pictures. But when he came to me, he was doing a pre-wedding shoot for one day for $1,500, which sounds a lot, but he was like renting a helicopter and stuff with and giving them champagne or whatever. Um, and he was like, how can I charge more? And I simply said to him, well, what's the biggest price in your area? Like, what are they charging? He goes, well, they're charging 10 k a day. I said, well, what are they doing differently that you're not? He goes, well, they've got a slightly better drone than me that goes abroad and takes overhead pictures, but nothing really. I thought, okay, uh, I've got something you can do that's going to require kind of brass balls and a new identity, which kind of goes back to this identity thing we said a moment ago. He goes, okay, go on. I said, we changed the main page of your website to say, I am the most expensive wedding photographer in Queenstown, New Zealand, and there's a good reason for that. And then we spend the rest of it explaining why you're the most expensive wedding photographer and giving loads of photos. Because the thing is, he had great, really great pictures. Like, this wasn't some, like, half-assed photographer. He was brilliant. Um, so he had the skills to back it up. But as is kind of what we were saying about identity or whatever, he just saw himself as a mid-level photographer. Um, so what I was saying to him was, these people flying in from Japan, well, what, what, it's, what it seems like to me is they're willing to fly all the way to New Zealand to get the photos taken. Maybe they want a good job doing and there'll be a lot of them who are pretty rich who are only going to go for the best. And literally the way they make their buying decisions is which is the most expensive. Uh, so why not make yourself the most expensive? Because right now, uh, the people who um, could sign up with you are rejecting you because you're not expensive enough. You're only getting the ones who are like the mid-range people who are going to haggle the hell out of your price. I'm like, can you do it for $1,100? What about $1,150? What about $1,149? Well, these people don't care about that. So we did that. Um, I wrote, I actually wrote his sales page for, uh, I wrote his landing page for him. And last year he was absolutely booked out with people and he's raised his price again since then. Uh, which is just as well because coronavirus hit and he wasn't able to do anyone this year. So, um, or since March. So it's just as well he did earn a lot of money last year. But yeah, that, it just goes to show that about coming, like you come to someone else and they just go, why don't you do this? And it was literally like an overnight fix. Uh, when he perceived himself in a different way, some of the world saw him in a different way and saw him as being the best wedding photographer in New Zealand, well, I need to go with the best one, you know, because that's the kind of person, you know, well, it's our wedding day, we need to treat ourselves, we need to get the best photographer, not go for a cheap one. Suddenly he's booked out of orders when beforehand he was struggling at a tenth of a price. So although I know most people here are not going to be photographers and we're like, well, how is this relevant to me? I think it comes back to this identity of going, sometimes you need to go to somebody and go, okay, this is the thing, and they, they, that person who knows what they're doing tells you, this is the thing that you should be doing, and you should be charging this much for it. Uh, in that moment, often your your ego or whatever will go, oh, my God, you want me to charge how much? Well, then when you realize you can actually get that price, suddenly all these doors open to you that didn't exist before. I love it. That's amazing. It shows the power of, of, of messaging and communication, too. It, is, um, it can do all things with a, with a quick rewrite of how you look at things, 
how you speak about things and how you present things. So that's great. I love it, Richard. I really appreciate your time. I There were so many wonderful takeaways. It was a great story. Thank you for being here and, and sharing with us on Fresh Blood. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Julie. Enjoyed it. There is so much to learn from Richard's story. Richard started out in the corporate world really unhappy with what he was doing and knowing he wanted to find a way to make money online. Instead of staying in a role that made him unhappy, he made a leap. He quit his job and threw himself into figuring out his path. He admits that it wasn't easy, but that while he knew the life he wanted to lead, he wasn't quite sure how to get himself there. So he ended up trying a few different things. On that road, trying new things, while he was looking into something involving speeches, he ended up being led into becoming a dating coach. This experience led him to Facebook groups, which led him to starting his own Facebook group himself, which led him to create his 90-day challenge course creation. While it appears Richard has taken a random road to get where he needed to go, Richard points to these experiences as key to his success. They each led to something new. Very often, the door to success or happiness, it isn't obvious. But sometimes when you try something new, it just works. It feels right. It opens up new opportunities. This teaches us to keep our minds open and be willing to step into trying new things. Oftentimes in my own life, I've gone into something not feeling excited about it, really there because someone I loved had persuaded me to join them, only to find a new joy or talent that had been brought into my life. Our our egos can be quite judgy if we let them. So it's important to remind ourselves to stay open, ready to receive, which will result in an awareness of new paths that had previously gone unseen. This is where that positive mindset really pays off. Richard shared that fascinating study about people who had a negative mindset not seeing the $20 on the ground and how that correlates to people with a negative mindset missing other opportunities in life. I mean, this this is a powerful motivator to start working on our mindsets. We must be willing to see the opportunities everywhere. Working on that perspective can be the single ingredient needed to an absolute shift in your life. And and it is a practice. Our minds are hardwired to go negative first, but a positive mindset is something that you can train your mind into. The what-if cycle that pops up when we're trying something new or, or putting ourselves out there in a scary way, it can paralyze. What if it goes wrong? What if I fail? What if people make fun of me? These thoughts are normal. You're you're not thinking them because you're going to fail or you're not good enough. You are good enough. The majority of people have these thoughts. These thoughts are human. When you start to have that negative what-if thoughts, simply bring awareness to what's happening. Oh, here it is. My my negative thought spiral. And And then consciously replace with positive what-if thoughts. Ask yourself the right questions. What if this went right? What if I were to succeed? What if everything I had hoped for came true? What if I made that difference? Most people are unable to see in themselves what others can see clearly and know to be true, how much we are all truly capable of. 
Richard shared a, a great technique to help with perspective. He chooses to reflect on how he's going to feel in his old age, near the end of his life, when he refu- when, when, when he reviews that life that he's led. How will he feel about his decisions? It really helps reflect on what is most important. Think about what mark you want to leave. Who do you wish you were? What do you wish you had done? When you think about the end of your life, what will you have hoped to accomplish? What can you start working towards today so that you aren't left wishing? I I loved Richard's revelation in life when he first made a difference in the lives of others and became aware that for most of his life, he had been chasing the money. He had been focused on his financial goals, which is another very human, normal thing, but had never thought to himself, how do I make the world a better place? And he found immense satisfaction that came through when he did help his fellow human being. He found that doing things for other people, helping their lives in some way, gave him the best feelings. That feeling of genuine self-esteem. And that kind of feeling is something that no one can take away. It is powerful. It is transformative. When Richard realized this was the missing piece in his life and made those changes, when he stopped chasing the money and instead focused on getting results that others value in life, that was when his financial goals became realized. It's a good reminder for us to check in with ourselves and see where our focus currently is. Perhaps for some, changes in perspective might be in order. I appreciated that Richard reminds us that there is learning everywhere. With each meeting that you're in, every seminar you are a part of, each and every person you come in contact with, you can see what you like and what you don't like in in each person and each situation. Take what you like and emulate. Use what you see working in others and make it a part of you. You get to choose what you let in and what you learn from. You also get to take the opportunity to notice what you don't like and practice self-awareness that you can be sure you don't do the same. We can help curb our own bad habits by noticing it play out in others. Another good tip Richard shared is that top performers are spending their time working on things that bring the most value. Being useful to the world and providing value is a winning combination. What is it you can do? He says, take these three things. Define what it is you do really well, what you're really good at. Define what it is you enjoy doing. And then what it is that people will pay for. Richard calls the intersection of these three things your area of genius. Figure out your area of genius and focus in. Richard shared that for him, his greatest success was figuring out how to do something with his working life that he enjoyed and felt fulfilled by. This is so important and impactful. Richard was told, as so many of us were growing up, that he should just suck it up, that no one enjoys going to work. This has been a common refrain for many, and it is simply not true. Do not accept this viewpoint. 
If this is how you are feeling in your day-to-day, sucking it up, not being fulfilled in any way, then I would suggest that there is something better out there that aligns with your personal strengths and interests, something else that will fill you up in some way. You do not have to quit your day job to seek it out, but you can start looking at any time. And it would be a great idea to do so if that is how you're feeling. To feel good about getting up in the morning, ready to take on the day with work that plays to your strengths and fulfills you in some way is absolutely priceless. This is my wish for all of you. Until next time. Thank you for spending time with us on Fresh Blood. If you love this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, or giving us a review. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again on the next episode.